Christ is risen, and his name is wonderful. be seated church and if you're out there on 88.7 this morning if you're on the YouTube or a podcast or if you're watching from Facebook live or if you're in the parking lot maybe you're in the sanctuary the message is all the same to you this morning good Sunday morning church what a, what a great day to be in God's house. Uh, just knowing that there's a possibility of eight to ten inches of snow on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, is overwhelming. It is. It's only April. How do you highlight uh, announcements?
Now I'm going to have to practice on the name, okay? Evelyn Shainalls. Did I? No? Okay, Evelyn Shainalls. No? Well, okay, whatever. Evelyn, here's the announcement for you. I, I just wanted to start some uh, debate on how to pronounce last name. Uh, Evelyn has been moved to hospice in Marlette. And her address is in here if you would uh, graciously send her a card. And Jimmy Grout's address is on the inside of your bulletin. Uh, if you would shower him with some cards. Uh, Monday night American Heritage Girls, Tuesday morning Bible study at Liebler's. Uh, Thursday outreach and nurture at 10 o'clock. And food truck helpers are needed at 1. Any announcements from you folks this morning? Then if you join me in prayer. Thank you, Father, for the moment of silence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and the calmness that has overtaken us. Father, open up your word to our ears this morning that we may clearly hear what you would have us hear. Breathe into us the breath of life. And we give you praise and thanks, Lord Jesus. Amen. Who has young disciples? Nobody has young disciples? How did that happen? Come on up, little kids. Come on. If you're happy, you know it. 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 And you're You ever get scared? Do you all get to see what I get to see? I see the future of the Brown City Church. Will you pray with me? Will you repeat after me? No? Now you're starting to act like some of those folks out there. But let's pray. Smile. Dear Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior. Guide me. Love me. And fill, me. and fill me 
Amen. I don't have any candy. And I can't get up. <laughs> Maybe I'll do what Ed Westbrook did one time when he did children's time. I'll crawl out the door. <laughs> but he crawled in. Everybody close your eyes for a minute, okay? Everybody in the whole church, close your eyes. Okay, you can go back. Now all you big people, you close your eyes and you pray with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior. Amen. Amen. Now you can share joy. Who has the joy they'll share this morning? Ed? Wait, wait, you have to wait for the microphone. Somebody worked me kind of hard yesterday, so a little slow. I'd like to share a, a, a praise for my friends in Kentucky, Bob and Gail. Gail had her report back from her jaw from her dentist, and uh, they found out what the issue was. And she does not have to have all her teeth pulled. She can keep them all. So that's pretty good. Keep them on your prayer list. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. I have a special joy today. We spent uh, yesterday afternoon and had dinner with our granddaughter. And till we do, it's always a joy to be with my granddaughter and or my grandson. Amen. How about Judy? She was with you. Okay. Just making sure. I'm just always grateful for my relationship with my mother. She's here for a few days, and we were out and about yesterday hanging out. We had dinner with my brother and sister-in-law, and it was just nice to sit down and have a nice time. Anyone else? Any joyful people over here? Well, it was a joy and a concern. We had, I've had these five with me since 10 o'clock yesterday. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. Ken had a few moments where he had to take a couple deep breaths. But <laughs> What did you say? Oh, yeah. But anyways, they're a joy. Were you threatening five-year-olds? All the way down to three months. <laughs> Anyone else? Who do you need to pray for? Phil? Some of you know Kathy Freeland. She's from Mayville. She's in our United Methodist Women and has been in this church family to do a few programs. Her husband, Dan, passed away a couple of days ago. And also uh, other community friends, Pat Shepard passed away, and Nancy Pavel, which was, jo um, excuse me, uh, Jeff Pavel's mom, and uh, just some things to be in prayer about. Um, a few weeks ago, I had you guys pray for uh, my cousin, Ron Marion. He um, was in the hospital for several days with COVID. He's been home on oxygen. Um, they asked him to try to wean off the oxygen and... He thought it'd be a good idea to go all day, one day without it, and he paid for it. So he is um, needing some prayers. Um, they did another chest x-ray for the pneumonia, and I don't know the results of those, but pray for him. And then also his brother, John Marion, um, had some surgery uh, 
for diverticulitis, and he is not doing very well in the hospital, so they're asking prayers for him. Yes, could you continue prayers for my nephew, Joe Cooper, who is still very ill, and just continue your prayers. Thank you. Say it again. Joe Cooper. Um, I got a thing on the prayer chain last night about Bruce Gildersleeve here, that he had COVID, so we need to say some prayers for him. Anyone else? I'd like prayers for my neighbors, Marvin Pat Ford. Marvin's brother passed away last week, Dwayne. Keep Chrissy and Hunter in your prayers, please. Let's talk to our Father this morning, being an attitude of prayer. Father, there are people we love that are struggling with COVID-19. Father, we lift up Evelyn to you. We lift up Bruce. We lift up Gino. We lift up Diane. We lift up Kathy Freeland. We lift up Bob and Jill. We lift up those who've lost loved ones. We lift up Ron Merriman and John. We lift up Wayne. We lift up his family, Father. We lift up the children that are grieving over the loss of a loved one. We lift up our educators who work so hard to keep the school safe and open. We lift up the first responders. the health care workers, the hospice people who go into the homes and care for loved ones. Thank you for your amazing timing, Father. We lift up this great nation in the trouble that we're in. All who are elected into office, all who put on a badge and protect our communities. We lift up our mayor and our city council. We lift up this church. 
and the brothers and sisters who worship here, be it in the building or on the radio or on the Facebook. May we be encouraging and uplifting. May we share God's word that will pierce the soul and make a change in lives. Hear us as we pray our Father. As Elizabeth plays for a moment or two, you still have time to bring your ties forward. Him, all creatures here. Father, sometimes all we need to do is say thank you. assemble in your house. Thank you to give back a portion of our finances to do your work. Again, we say thank you, Father. Amen. Be seated, church. And the little ones are dismissed to go to junior church. take them out through the sanctuary a few times rather fast they just walk down the aisles and around the side and just see, if, see if you can't get them going we're going to be talking about old dry bones this morning a little bit so I'm going to help us get revived here for a minute
If this offends you, you talk to me later, okay? We'll go get them. In the meantime, the little ones might not remember the day Pastor Pat prayed with them and they asked Jesus into their heart. But you will. You'll remember that. And then one day, well, here they come. Remember, you have to do it at a rather fast pace. At a fast pace. Okay, now it's your turn. <laughs> In the blink of an eye. God has a great sense of humor. Uh, not in the fact that we uh, laid Clarence to rest this week. But on our first Sunday back in the sanctuary, that uh, we have this and we have this at the same time, and it was like getting a double amen section. Thank you, Father, for comfort. Jeremiah 8, starting with verse 1. In that day, says the Lord, the enemy will break open the graves of kings and officials of Judah and the graves of priests, prophets, and common people of Jerusalem. They will spread out their bones on the ground before the sun, moon, and the stars. The gods, small g, of my people have loved, served, and worshipped. Their bones will not be back, gathered up again or buried, but will be scattered on the ground like manure. And the people of this evil nation who survive will wish to die rather than live, where I am sending them. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Jeremiah, say to the people, this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, they won't get up again. When they discover they're on the wrong road, they don't turn back. Then why do these people stay on self-destructive paths? Why do the people of Jerusalem refuse to turn back? They cling tightly to their lies and will not be turned around. I listen to their conversations and don't hear a word of truth. Is anyone sorry for doing wrong? Does anyone say... What a terrible thing I've done. No. All are running down the path of sin as swiftly as a horse gallops into battle. Even the stork flies across the sky knows what time of her migration. As do the turtle doves and the swallows and the crane. They all return at a proper time each year. But not my people. They do not know the Lord's laws. Wow. What is that, 
Say that again. Because it wasn't God the Father, it was uh, the idol, referred to as idol. The chair is an idol, referred to with a small g, or the way some, of, some folks are workaholics. Work is their God because of the finances they get from working, small g. Only God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit is big g. Thank you for asking, Brian. Where'd the bulletin go? Because I think the title is a question, right? The question. And here's the question for you. What have you done with Jesus Christ? As individuals, what have you done? Think about it just for a moment. And don't, don't respond only in your mind and in your heart. Because it's not my intentions to make anybody uncomfortable or to embarrass anybody. A similar question was asked to Pilate. What should we do with Jesus? The crowd responded, crucify him. So we live in a land and in a time where Everything that used to be wrong now appears to be right and okay. But from before, when everything biblically and scripturally based and the foundation of Christ was a solid rock that we stood on, our society is wanting us to stray from that. And where does it start? starts with you and it starts with me. It starts with the church. Not the building as beautiful as it is. Not the stained glass. And if, you, if you've ever been here in dust time when the, when the sun is shining through the stained glass and the sanctuary is magnificent, that's not the church that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the church in your lives. I have to admit the last couple of weeks have been a difficult journey. I even found myself asking to be forgiven for uh, the way I responded to a situation. I'm glad he is faithful and just to the Christian. See, the, people are running wild in their sin and they've accepted it as a way of life and they're trampling on the blood of Jesus Christ. Even in the denomination. Not just the United Methodist Church, but others. Other denominations, other churches are giving God's God's law and God's word and setting it aside and trying to accommodate and please the people with the garbage of the day. And I'm not even sure if garbage is the right word. Sin of the day is the word. And for the Christian, what are you doing? Some are silent. Some are so overflowed with the Spirit that uh, it's contagious. Some are lukewarm. Some don't know how to respond. Only you know 
what you're doing with Christ in your life. What have you done with this church? We are the Brown City Church. We're a body of believers. Some are rather new coming, and some have been coming here for a long, long time. And it's beyond the institution. It's become almost like a a close-knit family in many ways. And we need this in our life. I need the people of this church in my life to help me keep my focus on the cross. And I hope that I've made enough difference in your lives to help you keep your focus on the cross. We can't do this world that we're living in today without each other and the support we get from each other. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to be good and it's always going to be easy, but as long as it is Christ-centered, we're on the right road. The church is a blessing in the lives of many. I sometimes struggle with uh, even folks that have no relationship with Christ or have no affiliation to the church. When it's time for them to get married, it's important for them to be married in the church. And And I think that's a good thing. I think somewhere along the line, one of those seeds was planted. And that's important in the lives of people. It's important in the lives of people that when a loved one dies, the celebration of life can be here in the building of the church. That's part of the function of the church. The main function of the church is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, that people have an opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior and change. And I, I think that's where we failed in our society that we're not preaching enough of the gospel. We're not con- God, we, we don't allow the words to convict people. It's not me who will convict you. It's the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ will convict you. And then you may want to change. Some, some have neglected the church in a, in a variety of ways. I've served on every committee. I don't need to do that anymore. Well, if I give money this Sunday, I won't have money for groceries this week. Well, I got to go to the football game. I I can't come to church. I just don't have time. We appear to have time for everything but church for some. Some of you have gone above and beyond in the service of Jesus Christ to love and to minister to people. There's strength and unity. We're all in this together. Different parts, but the same function. Different ideas, but the same function. Different gifts, but the same function. To glorify God. That we can praise his holy name. And that. Those struggling within. With sin can see us. Not that we're better than anyone. Because we're not. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. I'm not worthy of his grace. You're not worthy of his grace. But he extends it freely to us. And he wants us to have a relationship with him. I think part of having a relationship with him is having a relationship with all of this. I saw a blurb on the Facebook. It's from a man who works at the library. The blurb said, we want to hire someone with a dolly to come and move some stuff. I watched it and nobody responded to it. I said, I'll do it. So I responded to it. Go up to the library. I can't remember the man's name, forgive me. He was an older fella. 
up there around 70-something, the higher side maybe. They had this big fire retardant. Because it used to be a bank, remember? This file cabinet was about this wide and about this high. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's not a problem. I didn't know it used to be a safe. <laughs> but when I grabbed it, it didn't move. And I got bruises all up and down my body. But I did it. I got it from one end of the building to the other. But I need some help, fellas. I can't get it off the dolly. What's that have to do with anything? It's like the church. Unless someone steps forward and says, I'll help. We're all in this together. There's strength and unity. You know what the blessing was? The man's a Christian. Talked about the church he went to. Talked about some places that he's, he's filled in the pulpit. That was a blessing. See, when we don't know what we're heading for, God will bless us if we're willing. What have you done with the Holy Spirit? It's, it's interesting to me that I, I've, I've encountered places and churches. Pastor, you pray the Holy Spirit will show up. Pastor, you pray the Holy Spirit. Pastor, you pray the Holy Spirit. Pastor, you pray the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in every one of you. All you have to do is ignite him. Speak his word, speak his truth. Let him use you, let him revive you. Let him heal you. The Holy Spirit will help sinners feel conviction and, and draw closer to Christ. And I, I think that's where we've lost track of things. We're too busy trying to accommodate everybody and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because everybody seems to be overly sensitive this day. God's word is the truth. If, God wor if God's word offends you, good. If it convicts you, even better. If God's word makes you repent, we're on the right course. If God's word makes you accept him as your Lord and your Savior, praise God. That's the purpose of the church. That's what we all should be doing. Let me take you into uh, Galatians 5. Right around verse 22. We're speaking to the Holy Spirit. He produces this kind of fruit in your life. Love. I mean, have love in your life. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy. I mean, if you have joy in your life this morning. I hope we all do. Peace. The Holy Spirit will give you peace that surpasses our human understanding. We don't know what happened. Our situation was horrible. But all of a sudden this peace came over us. It's the Holy Spirit giving you peace. This is one I need work with. Patience. Sometimes I'm really impatient. I want things right now. I want the conclusion and the answers right now. I want results right now. But patience is something that the Holy Spirit will give us in God's time. Kindness. Are you kind to each other? Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness and self control. Fruits of the Spirit to help us. 
as I get to know more and more of you, a lot of you have good fruit. But even a good apple tree that's producing good fruit needs to be trimmed every now and then. Needs to be pruned. What are you doing for Christ and his church? How are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you? What have you done with this? <laughs> this is sort of a, a weird comparison, okay? I like when I go to the grocery store. And I, I see people from church. Not necessarily from right here. And don't get me wrong. Part of the social principles in the United Methodist Church is that we abstain from drinking. Not a problem. But reality is, some folks drink. That's not my issue. But when I see someone in the grocery store and there is a six-pack of beer in their cart or a 12-pack of beer in their cart. And it's like, they're not going to let me see it for whatever the reason. And I, I just want you to know, I don't care. It's not my place to judge anybody for what they do. And here's a comparison. If I see your Bible sitting on your table with a house or in your cupboard, I'm most likely going to check it. <laughs> Just to see. And it's, it's been interesting. I've had people actually pick up their Bible and do that. My point is, we need this. This is the instructions of our life. It has everything in it from how, how people are to have relationships with each other, how a husband is to treat a wife and how a wife is to treat a husband, how we're to raise our children, how we're to be good citizens, how we're to deal with our finances. It even has the answer in here that when we're sick, what we're to do. When we're sick, we're to call the elders of the church and lay hands on a person and pray over them and believe in the power of that prayer for healing. And it will happen. We become lazy in the church. We want everybody else to take care of everything. And he's equipped us. What are you doing? In your family, in your workplace, in your church, in your neighborhood, in your community. You know the one of the biggest blessings I've got in, in ministry? Is when I go to a new town. And I, I did it here. Chief's gone now, but we have a new chief. When I'm new in the town, one of the first things I do is I go to the police department and I introduce myself and I want to pray for the chief law dog. So they know that there's somebody lifting them up in prayer for safety. And the friendships that I've built that way. That's what we need to be doing. You know, this drive-by soup thing is becoming a wonderful blessing. Because it's not so much drive-by soup as it is soup being delivered to people who are lonely and just want someone to talk to. And it's a blessing that God has given us that ministry. But we're going to need more of you. One or two can't do it all. Maybe there's someone waiting for you to read God's word to them. A couple verses. You know, we live in a land of technology. Ken said something to me yesterday. He said, I got a surprise for you tomorrow at church. I thought, Lord, here we go. <laughs> but it didn't quite work because of the lighting. 
But they had some words up on the back wall to where, well, I couldn't see it, so I couldn't read it to you, but it worked at night. It just didn't work during the daytime, but he'll get it. What are you doing with prayer? Ran up to Grayling to see Aunt Diane on Thursday. And it appeared that she was going to die Thursday. She woke up Friday morning and you never would have known that she was sick on Thursday. And the caregiver says, can we have a family prayer? Absolutely. You want to pray? I know some of you are terrified if the preacher calls on you to pray on Sunday morning. The young caregiver said, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Comfort Diane. Amen. Was that okay? Was that an okay prayer? Absolutely. Sometimes it's thank you. Sometimes you don't even need words. He knows what the heart says. We try to overcomplicate it. At Simpson Park Camp, when we used to go to the chapel in the morning, my Karen's a trip. There's this guy who would pray. And he'd pray 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 and he'd pray. And she started timing him. And afterwards, she'd tell me, you know, Bob prayed for 17 minutes. Yeah. I heard every word he said. And we'd go back the next time and she'd time him. Who says that you can't pray for an hour? I've got some Baptist friends, when they start praying, it's hard to make them stop. Amen, Grady says. But I've got some Methodist friends that all they say is, thank you, Lord. Amen. And it's just as good. It's from the heart that he wants to hear us. And then one more for you. What have you done with your finances? What have you done with your finances? This preacher hates talking about money. And most of you out there don't like it when the guy up here talks about money. So I'll make it as uncomfortable as I possibly can. That's between you and God. That's between you and God. Remember one time when we had a missionary in church? didn't have a job and I gave him the last $10 that I had in my pocket and my pastor asked me afterwards why would you give him all the money that you had because my God will supply all my needs the billfold can be empty the bank account can be closed but my God will supply all my needs and he will you too. I have to ask you one more time. What are you doing for Christ? Crown him with many crowns, church.
Let's see how this works. Hey, Ken, close us in prayer, would you? Dear Father, thank us. Thank you for letting us gather here today in friendship and as a church. Thank you for all the little ones that are here. May everybody have a safe and blessed day, and we thank you again. Amen. Amen. Amen.